Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Game of Loans podcast. On today's episode, we are joined by the fantastic Lewis Dawson, who in the last couple of years has sourced and bought over 200 properties. Yes, you got that right, guys, 200. And in this episode, he's going to go through how he's done that and how he has built his property sourcing business. So stick around for that. This podcast, of course, is brought to you by Grand Union Finance, the property investors, property finance broker, the best there is. Well, according to my mum, anyway, it's not official. So if you need any help with your property finance, be it mortgages for buy-to-lets, HMOs, service accommodation, social housing, or indeed bridging finance, development finance, or commercial mortgages, you know where to come, guys. There is a link in the show notes for you to get in touch with myself and the team at Grand Union Finance to help you with all your finance needs. Okay, enough of the advertising. Let's get on with the podcast. Here is my interview with the awesome Lewis Dawson. Enjoy. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Game of Loans podcast. And today, I'm very, very happy to be joined by Lewis Dawson, one of the um, one of the people that I've been following for quite some time on the old socials, and uh, and really does know what he's talking about when it comes to property investing. So, Lewis, welcome to the show. Genuinely happy to have you on board, and I can't wait to uh, to hear more about the uh, the amazing feats that you've been doing over the last uh, couple of years. So, welcome to the show, Lewis. No, I really appreciate it, Sam. Thanks very much for inviting me on. No, no, happy to have you on. Look. I always do this at the beginning of the show. There's going to be a lot of people out there that know exactly who you are. Of course there are. But for those that don't, and it'd be really great to get a one, two minute sort of 3000 view uh, overview of, of who you are and what you do. So over to you, mate. Yeah, no. So myself, obviously, as you know, my name's Lewis Dawson. Um, we're known as Platinum Property Team on social media. Um, in the last two years, we've sourced and invested in over 200 properties here in the northeast of England. And I've been able to sort of grow my own portfolio over in the Lake District, down in Norwich, where I'm originally from, off the back of that as well. So my goal now is really just to try and help as many people by sort of showcasing my journey uh, to do the same, really, you know? Yeah, and, and we were speaking off air, weren't we, about some of these sort of deal, challenge, deal sourcing challenges and, and stuff like that that you, you've been doing. I I think I, I didn't realise how many properties you'd sourced. And then I think we were in this the same WhatsApp group or something, and you mentioned about it, and I was like, "Hang on a second, what?" So like I, I try to work out like how many deals that is like on a weekly basis. It's got to be it's got to be quite a few. But obviously, I imagine that's been well. I mean, you tell me exponential growth where you know you start off slow and it and you grow into it. But how? Just I mean, I, I'm pretty amazed myself. How how do you get to that kind of level when it comes to sourcing? Is it just you, or have you? Or is it? you need the use of a wider team to get to those kind of numbers yeah i can't take much of the credit if i'm honest like after sort of doing a property academy um i sort of just latched on to the network in that academy and my first probably 100 deals were co-sourced you know we, we sold a few probably five percent of them deals and them 100 that were just ourselves and just our team and not co-sourced but i leveraged on people in the academy i was in either investor lists or deals they had majority of the time, the deals they had. And then from my marketing background, I really just understood the ability to sort of broadcast what I do, showcase what I do, but also build an investor list myself up to add value to people that brought deals. Um, so that's kind of why we went from zero to 100 quite fast. And then in that time, I managed to sort of grow a team in, in-house, which managed to get us from that sort of 100 to 200 with a lot less co-source deals. Um, but yeah, it's all down to the network you have and leveraging off people's values and skills they have really, you know? Yeah. And I think there's, there's, I mean, look, deal sourcing, I mean, look, 
every, every, so many different facets of our industry have bad names. You know, I'm a broker. We have you know, finance has a bad name. Um, you know, we have education platforms that have a bad name. Sources do seem to get a bit of a bad rep, I think. And but do, do you know what, mate? I I work with so many sources that are just they're just so good at what they do, and it kind of frustrates frustrates me a little bit that there are inevitably always going to be you know the few that that ruin it, but. Um, from your from your perspective, it just sounds like you've approached this whole thing with the right philosophy. In so far as you're looking at it as a business, aren't you? And do you, do you yeah. think that's maybe one of the key differences between those that do do really well and those that maybe don't do so well? I think there's three different types of sources. You know, um, there's a side hustle sourcer, which is definitely what someone will have to start out at because nine times out of ten, someone's in a job or run a business and they can't just physically leave that business or that job behind because they need the income. So they have to source on the side. And when you don't do something full time and it's not your only income, you never give a hundred percent to it. So the difference between myself is I can't do that. I ran a marketing company for seven years. We've done door to door sales, event sales. Everyone hated us. That was like the, you know, no one likes being stopped in a shopping center and, and sell sky or Virgin or BT or energy or knocked on the door and sold octopus energy, you know? So we, we had that sort of persona before. Um, so when I came into this, I literally, I left my assistant manager in charge day one. So for me, I left behind probably 1500 pound a week incomes off the bat. So I definitely had to make it work straight away. So I had more of a philosophy. This is my only income. And I think when it's your only income, you care a lot more about the customers. You care a lot more about what you do rather than a side hustle when you're already making your two, three grand a month anyway. And it's kind of like, oh, just get that one over the line and I'll make a couple of grand extra from it. So for me, it was like an all or nothing thing. Uh, and I think that definitely makes a massive difference. But also for me, in my marketing world, because of the way the business went in the end, I wasn't really allowed to put my face over the, over the brand. Um, and I'm a very face-on person. I love face-to-face interaction, love being on the camera, love social media. So for me, I didn't really feel like I owned that business anymore because I was not even on it. You couldn't see me. So when I came into the property space, being able to put my face over everything and show everyone like what I'm doing, I sort of felt more in my element. So I kind of took a lot more pride in it, if that makes sense. But I definitely yeah. think a lot of sources get a bad name because they just don't care enough about the deal or don't care enough about the investor. Because like you said, it's it's just a flyby thing. They're doing it. If it works great, if it doesn't, I'll go try someone else. Yeah, there's a couple of things in there that I'm really looking forward to unpacking with you. But one one straight away, that, that last thing that you just mentioned, do you you mentioned the word care? Do you do you think that it is genuinely lack of care, or do you think maybe it's a little bit of naivety as to what they're trying to do? Because one yeah. one thing I think I've found is that it, the sourcing is very much see, seen as a means to an end, um, and it's a right do this well, get some cash in the bank, and then go and do it for yourself. When in reality, actually, I see. I see deal sourcing as a really good business. If you can get it right and you can build the right team, you know, I, I'm very much like you, you know, we'll get into the face of the business thing, but, you know, I like to be the face of my business of Grand Union Finance, but I also, you know, I, I'm very keen to make sure that the world knows that there is a team running everything from behind the scenes. I wouldn't be able to sit here doing this with you if I didn't have a team that were, you know, still talking to clients and putting applications through and all that kind of stuff. And I think it's the same with deal sourcing. There are so many elements to it. And the, and the more serious you, you you take it, the more you also, I think, realize that it is a business and there are going to be certain facets of that business that you're going to be better at than others. And to yeah. try and as quickly as possible outsource 
the stuff that you're not good at. And it's, it's that mentality. Yeah, do you know what? Go off and invest in property elsewhere afterwards. Happy days. Use it as part of that overall strategy. But it should be a really, I think it should be seen as a more fundamental cash flowing business element yeah. rather than just a, a means to end a stepping stone, essentially. I think the biggest thing as well as, you know, great points you made there. The biggest thing is people don't understand property. So you come out of one of these courses and yes, you learn how to analyze a deal and put the right offer in and what the end value is. But if you don't know how much it's going to cost, for example, to rewire a house or, you know, to, to gut the place and do it up, or you haven't got builders on, on tap for you to work with, things can change massively. You know, I've had horror stories of, you know, people that bring me deals and their refurbs are like 20, 30, 40, 50% off. And that can really ruin it. And a lot of times people don't really understand how important it is to understand the game you're in. Like for me, before I was in the marketing game, I was a marine engineer. Um, so I worked on yachts. I, I even moved over to Australia and worked building, uh, you know, building garages and fitting kitchens. So I kind of understand property quite a lot. Um, and I think it's really important to understand because when you come off these courses, yes, they might teach you the basic costs of things, but things change in your area. Things change week by week. Same thing with you with brokerage. You know, people can say, oh, it's a, a 4% rate today, 5% for this, 6%, but it really depends on the product you're buying, I guess, doesn't it? So I think a lot of sources miss that element out. And for me, but like I was on site, for example, on Saturday. So um, my little boy loves, loves getting involved in property. So we took him to one of the sites a couple of weeks ago with a van when we were doing a bit of a, an unload for one of the properties. And then Saturday, I was like, well, let's just tie in, taking him out for the day and let's go down and see three of my properties. And even just that extra thing, like just popping on site when I know things are happening, makes a massive difference to your knowledge, you know, and you can't learn that in a classroom, unfortunately. You can't learn that in, in, a, in a course or online or YouTube, Like you have to be in the mix of it. And I think a lot of sources, like you said, that they get three or four deals over the line, then put a deposit down on their own house. But you want to see properties throughout. You know, I've gone through probably, we've done 16, for example, four bed HMO conversions in Middlesbrough. We've done six in Hartlepool, six bed all ones with HMOs. We've done quite a lot, all start to finish, like source them, refurb them, refinance them or sold them. And they've actually gone through the whole process. So you kind of get to learn it once you've done the whole thing. And a lot of people, I don't think they see it through. They get to the source, they sell it, they're at the calling off period and they go over to the next one. But you're missing a lot of the education doing that, I think. Yeah, I, I, I totally agree with you. And and I, funny enough, I use, a, a, not, I guess it's not the same thing, it's similar. When I, I get a lot of mortgage brokers reach out to me and say, you know, Sam, I've just started out, like, what's your advice? And my advice to every single one of them is do 100 deals. Yeah. Do, do 100 applications, be involved from start to finish, learn every aspect of it. Don't worry about the money. Just just learn your trade and be really, really bloody good at it. And I guess yeah. it's the same, it's same with sources like you, like you say. When the, the old school, because I do believe it, it things are changing um, and, and people are becoming more, you know, like yourself, I think, where they are seeing it, it as a business. But traditionally, it's been find the property, package it up, sell it, see you later, off to the next one. Where actually, if you are involved in every aspect of it, and there's an element of kind of almost like project management, I think in even in the bit from 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 start to finish, you know, we we consider ourselves as brokers a bit like project managers, you know, because we're, we're we're one of the few people that are there from start to finish in the application process up until the point of completion, you know, where we can get involved in everything. If as a sourcer, you actually are involved a lot more in everything, not only is it a better service that you're providing, but as you say, it's so much more educational for yourself because 
that even when like, I've, I've done thousands of applications for finance, but even now, like something will pop up and I'll go, oh, learned something new today. That's good. Yeah. But you've got to be open to that. I think you've got to be really, really open to, to learning new skills and not thinking just because you've been on a course for, you know, a few months and suddenly you, you've you learned everything there is to learn. And now it's just about going off and doing it. It's still a learning experience, isn't it? And the yeah. more you get involved in, the more you do, the more you're going to learn. It might not be something that you want to do, you know, for the rest of your life, but just knowing what goes on at every different stage and and then you know potentially you, you know you mentioned another thing there doing a few deals and then then putting a deposit down My, i i kind of thought that with brand union that i would build this cash flowing business and then you know get it working on its own type of thing and then and then sort of move on but actually I've realized that investing back into my business is actually gives me a better return on investment than property at the moment. So, you know, it makes a lot more sense for me for me to do that. So there's a couple of, I guess there's a couple of elements there. There's the, yeah, there's that that educational piece, seeing it through. But then also, as you as we you've mentioned, that instead of having that mindset of I'm only doing this to then put a deposit down, actually thinking, well, could you reinvest those those profits that you're making into building a, a really cool property sourcing business, which is what you've done. And that's what I've done, if I'm honest, mate. When I, I started in the academy, I, I leveraged off the network, but the education wasn't enough for me. Like I, I, you know, the group education, the training, like you don't learn everything you need to learn in a classroom. You know, we've proven that from school. If not, everyone will go through school and become successful, right? So I knew I needed a one-on-one mentor. So I had a good friend of mine uh, that I was dealing with anyway. She's very successful uh, in her own right. And she introduced me to someone that lives in Dubai, makes 150K a week running a, a business. And very successful, the same age as me. You know, you could just see by the way his business runs, it's very simple. And he took my business to the next level, if I'm honest. You know, he helped me go from sort of 20K a month revenue um, to 100K a month revenue. And I was paying him three grand a month, right? And I was getting four calls a month with him, an hour a day, an hour a week with him. That's literally it. And he is the sole reason why I took my business from 20 to 100K revenue and why I grew it from just me to a, a, a team because he'd been there and lived there and walked the, walked the path. So I really think that a lot of these people that go on these, you know, large courses, I wouldn't be where I am today if I wouldn't have got into them courses because I wouldn't have even known you could do anything other than buy a house where you know, all the money you have, refinance it, you know, in the future when your mortgage runs out and, and do it again and again and again. But for me, one-on-one mentoring, one-on-one coaching, really just sitting on a call like this and just going through the blockages in your business because you can't see them half the time. And I think that's the, the number one reason. Like I spent 38,000 pounds to date on his mentoring. Nice. You know, and that's a lot of money. And then I took a couple of months off very recently. Um, unfortunately, I lost, I lost my dad. So it sort of put my head off, 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 the, off the goal a little bit. And then I've got a call with him this afternoon you know, to, to speak to him again about it. And I've also started using a slightly different mentor in the social space you know, doing really well in the social space and the funnel space, you know, so, and the same thing, you know, it's a few thousand pounds a month. I'm paying that guy to, to, to get me to the level I want to get to. So I really think that's the way forward. If you really want to take your business to the next level, you could be doing one or two, three grand, three deals a month, making two, three, four grand on top of your original salary. But if you just take that and go on holiday with it, like a lot of people I know, they'll always be doing that. If you reinvest that one, two, three thousand £3,000 a month in a mentor that's lived and walked the path you want to walk and even an hour a week can massively make a difference. That's you know, it, so. it's, it's, it's accountability as well, I think, it's, it's, yeah. which is massively important. But you, do you know what? You're, you're so right. I'm loving everything that you're saying. It's, it's, I, 
one of the things that I guess frustrates me, I get, I get, I, it's a privilege for me to, to speak to as many investors as I do on a, on a weekly basis. And to be perfectly honest with you, sometimes it's great to chat to these people because actually they are great business owners themselves. We can have really nice conversations. So there is a, a you know, a mutual benefit, I think, there anyway. But um, I think you're, you're, you're right. It, it's the, it's the mentality of I need to earn money really quickly. And, you know, I'm going to, I'm, I'm going to, I'm not name and shame. I'd, I've never met this person personally. I have spoken to them on online. Um, and, you know, I've heard both negative and positive. Um, you know, Samuel Leeds wrote a book called Get Financially Free in Seven Days. That is such a bad name for any kind of education, whether it's a book, a course, whatever. Because what that does is whether it's possible or not is irrelevant. It's about mindset. It's about, right, I'm going to be financially free in seven days. Okay, but then what? What's the point? What is the point of being uh, financially free in seven days if you then just decide you're just then going to live off two, two grand a month for the rest of your life? It's, 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 it's stupid. Taking that money and actually then, like you say, looking at how, what is the best use of this money? And that's why I guess it's the, the, the sort of side hustle kind of element to it that you mentioned before. I just get very frustrated with this short termism that that is is really floods the property space and the business space, to be perfectly honest, when, you know, let's be perfectly honest, the best business owners in the world have been doing this for years and years and years and years. Do you really think that Elon Musk did a, took a course to, you know, to get financially three in seven days? I actually don't even think Elon Musk cares truly about money. Um, you know, that's that's taking it to the next level. I mean, I yeah. always I always joke with with my friends and peers that I don't actually really care about money very much. And they're like that you work in finance. <laughs> like that's yeah. that's so paradoxical. But I think that I just, if, you, yeah. if, you, if you just if you if you have this thing about it's not about the money, it's about the business, the people, the, the, the you know, the longer term wealth strategy. And if you can if you can try, because it does go against everything society tells you to do, if you can try and rip your, your mind away from that, that for me is, is you, you, you're you already winning if you can do that. It's quite funny you said that, because I actually had this conversation yesterday or the day before with my girlfriend, and I said, look, for me, the reason why I think I've not gone to the next level above now is because I'm not motivated by money anymore. You know, so my first goal every month, right, is to make enough disposable income on top of what I make to pay for a mentor to take me to the next level. And that's different. Like a lot of people like make disposable income to go to, uh, for a night out or disposable income to, you know, take a holiday or disposable income to, you know, go to a theme park. And it's very different mindset. Mine's like, look, I need to make three grand extra this month to make sure I can pay for a mentor to take my business to the next level. But also having a goal, I think for me, when I first started in the, in the property space, my goal was to get to my 1500 pound a week, income what i had in my marketing space mm -hmm. but get it to it easier you know because i'd grafted 100 hours a week in that marketing world to have 1500 pound a week and a lot of people would bite your hand off for that and then i got i done that and then obviously well, i had to set a next goal so the next goal was um buy i think four more properties so i hit that goal and then it was like what's next and i was like okay get my dream car which is a range rover even though my accountants and my financial people i know were like get get a tesla <laughs> i put my yeah. name down for a tesla for ages because it wasn't smart but then I think the next thing you need to do is that what's the goal? Like you said, there were these books that get you financially free in seven days. Like you won't sustain that anyway because you've hit the goal. You need the next goal. And that's the great thing about having these types of conversations and having a mentor or having someone in the same 
realm as you. That's why we set up the WhatsApp chat, the EPG WhatsApp chat, me, Martin and Sarah, because we, we were in a hot tub one day and we're like, what gets me and you out of bed, Martin? What gets me, you and Sarah to, to achieve the next level is because once a month we meet up, we have conversations like this, nine times out of 10, they're in a hot tub. And we're like, how do we push each other? How do we get things to the next level? And I, I see Martin as like a brother for another mother. And we, we speak all the time. We're on completely different paths. You know, like he's a you know project manager and builder and his wife is a project manager and builder. And they've been in the game for 20 years. I've not done that, but we've got, on, but it doesn't matter because we're both trying to master our craft and try and grow our own businesses. So I really think having an accountability partner, whether it's a mentor, whether it's someone that you can relate to that's on the same level as you, is what takes you to the next level. But I was actually quite a funny story. I was last Sunday, I was sitting in my office and I drew out all my companies I have. I didn't realize, but I've got like nine companies in the property space now and it just grows so fast. And I called Martin because I had a question about one of the companies I do with Martin and we have a development project. And he was doing the same thing. He was sitting there and going through every business with his wife. And I was sitting there with my girlfriend going through every business I have and how I can take it to the next level. And most people you call on a Sunday night, you know, friends, family, people you relate to, they won't be sitting there in their office on a, on a Sunday evening at 7, 8 p.m. at night going, okay, how do we take this company to the next level? How do we take this company to the next level? I think that's the, the sole reason why you can take businesses to the next level. Elon Musk, he must have someone that he relays back and forth with that pushes him every day. Because if not, he wouldn't be as successful as he is. Yeah. You know, so I think yeah. that's key, really. I, I totally agree. And this 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 comes back to, I mean, this is something I spoke about quite a lot um, in terms of changing your circles. I was quite lucky that um, for churches, I, I moved from London to the to Birmingham basically about three, four years ago. And yeah. as much as I have all my friends back, back in London that I see, actually, at a really good point in my life, because that was pretty much when I was starting Grand Union Finance, I was forced to create new friendship circles for myself. And I, I had this like really, really, really weird epiphany. It was like, I can choose the people I hang out with. This is really yeah. awesome. <laughs> you know? yeah. and, then, and then you do. And now, you know, I'm really lucky now that I have people that are really successful that are on like the same level as me, like similar yeah. to what, what, what you what you have with, you know, with mine and Sarah, it's amazing. And it is, you can pick up the phone or you're in certain little WhatsApp groups. Like I'm in, I'm in a two or three little WhatsApp groups that are just, you know, three to five people within those groups that I can just chuck a voice note in and be like, guys, I'm having this issue at the moment. Does anyone have any advice? And everyone feels that they can do the same. It's good yeah. to it's good to have people around. And actually, um, this kind of ideal philosophy for me came from a, a controversial source right this very second because it was a book written by Russell Brand. Um, he wrote a book called Recovery and it was all about, um, sorry, he wrote, wrote a book called Mentors, um, which was like, really swept under the carpet like no one seems to have ever read it um recovery was the, is his fam more famous book um but mentors was all about the philosophy of when you go through um the recover recovery from addiction or whatever it might be that you are given a sponsor effectively a mentor someone that has been there done it got the t-shirt that can be there as your accountability partner and as somebody that you can go to for advice on how to get to where they are yeah. Where, where how, follow the path that they have they have followed but he actually in, in the, the whole point of this book was actually he made the point was, was that mentors go in it, it's in it happens in in all different ways in mainly three different ways which is um upwards sideways and downwards so you will have people that are your mentors people that are your sponsors people that you yeah. can that have been there done it got the t-shirt you can go to and you can say you know very similar to your situation that you've got with your guy in dubai um but then you'll also have 
people that are on the same level as you and you have these groups where you know it's like similar more to like how yeah. you and, and Martin and Sarah where you can talk to each other and share problems because you're going through it at the same level and then yeah. you have the downward where you are potentially mentoring somebody else it doesn't have to be official but I get a great kick out of I mean I spent an hour on the phone when I was driving over to my girlfriend's on Wednesday Thursday night I can't remember what night it was to a 23 year old mortgage broker who just wanted to chat about what they were doing and what they should be doing and and you know we talked about social media we talked about the market we talked about some of my experiences that was a form of mentorship yeah. um you know the brokers in my company i have more experience than all of them so i mentor them you know although they're amazing yeah. what they do i mentor them and i think mm -hmm. that if you can have that sort of trifecta that's a sexy word to use on a podcast isn't it? um of, of of that you're not you're, you're getting you're getting everything because you can learn from each one of those sources as well just because yeah. someone has less experience than you doesn't mean you can't learn or they might say something that stimulates something in your head like, oh my god that's such a great idea so i think getting in the right circles it's such a cliche isn't it but getting in those right yeah. circles is so 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 important i love what you said there as well because i do that all the time. For example, the deal sourcing challenges, I've ran two now. We've done one in the Lake District. We've done the most recent one, probably the most successful one, which is in, in, in my office in Newcastle in August. Um, and there's so much I learned from the 24 people that came along that week. Um, but not only that, I'm now trying to give back even more. So as a sort of a bonus, I've set up a WhatsApp chat with them all after the course and said, anything you need from me, let me know. And it was like £500 to come for the week. Like, I think more than half of them made their money back alone just from sourcing. And then the winning team made their money back for the course as well. So they doubled or tripled their money. But what I've decided to do, just because I want to get better as a business owner, on Friday, I sent a video to all of them saying, hey, look, I didn't tell you about this on the course, but I'm going to do a bonus free hour strategy call with me. And there's two reasons why I'm doing it. Number one, I'm really interested to see if they've actually learned a huge amount on the course and they've actually took action since it. Because a lot of people pay for these pay for these courses, then go back to their life and don't actually apply it, don't they? So I want to sort of give them a bit of a kick up the butt and make sure they're doing stuff. But the second thing is I want to see what worked, what didn't, what can we prove for the next one? Because we're running another one of these in November. So I want it to be better every single time. So for me, they are, like I said, is they're, they're below where I'm at, but I want to learn what they've actually learned and what they didn't like about it so I can improve my business again. And then some of them people off that course have asked me for the one-on-one -on -one mentoring, which I do which is the same thing as a guy that worked for me um, called Scott. Uh, he's just started his own, um, it's called Focus Point Media, um, which is a, a drone footage, social media management and a photography business. And he's been incredible at photography ever since I've known him. And he's just gone off on his own and been inspired by my company and working for me for the last couple of years um, to go and attack it. And I said, mate, I'll consult for you. Do you know what I mean? I don't want you to pay me. It's just anything you need, whatever you want, need it, you know, just call me. You know, for example, he's coming around tomorrow. We're going to have a bit of a chat about how he's structuring the business and how things are going. And there's a few reasons why I'm doing it. Number one, I really want to help him succeed. You know, so you've probably seen on the WhatsApp chat we're in, I promote his Instagram to follow a little bit on there because I'm like, you know, it's hard when you start up a but business. You, but you want, to, you want to help these people. Like, yeah, you, people see that as like, oh, how much is he getting paid for that? But you don't, you just, you just, gen yeah. I do this all the time. Like, I see a channel, I'm like, these videos are amazing. Like, I, yeah. need, to share, I need to share this stuff. And there's something I shared on my Facebook recently. It's like, well, if you get a new job, you get like hundreds of likes and hundreds of comments from friends and family, right? If you start a new business, you get like five. And it's that sort of mentality. I'm like, he started a company. I want to promote him. It doesn't cost anything, does it? It doesn't cost a single penny to like that post or to follow that page or subscribe to this. I've just started a YouTube channel. 
And, you know, I'm so pleased that like the third video I've had is like trebled the, the views on the first two I had. And like I said, having these WhatsApp group chats definitely help. But no one just goes, oh, I'll subscribe just because I want to help his channel or I like it because I want to help his channel. And that's the great thing about when you have people on your level or people you help, because the more value you give, the more you get back. And like you said, most people think, oh, how much is getting paid for that? But oh, I just generally want to see him succeed, you know? Um, also, that's, I think that's, that's, really, that's really short term, short termism in terms of like the, the thought process there is how much are you getting paid? Because it's then it's it's now. But actually, yeah. do you know what? Like I I I I'm I'm a massive fan of Alex Hormozy and yeah, um same. He um, obviously what he does for those those uh, listening to this that don't know who he is, he runs a company called Acquisition.com over in the states. And his philosophy is he's a great business owner. He's clearly very very good at it. Just a natural business owner, um, and he clearly knows that he can help lots of other businesses grow. But it's not a good use of his yeah. time for people with a business that's worth a couple of hundred grand going and, yeah. and working with him. He needs one, two, three million dollar businesses. So all of his stuff that he puts out is free. Because he's trying to help as many people as he can get to the point in which he can then actually work with them. And actually, yeah. I, I, I was using that, that example of that call I had with this other broker on, on Wednesday. And actually, funny enough, I had a really similar call about two months ago with another broker. This broker, okay, um, going off on a slight mini tangent, I do I do um, consultancy calls. Um, you know, if people just want to just, just have my time for half an hour, they can pay for it and we can talk about whatever they want. They can ask whatever questions they want, all that kind of stuff. And another broker paid to do a Zoom call with me. And effectively, he was calling to say, look, I'm thinking of starting my own brokerage. Can you tell me how to do it? And by the end of it, I'd given him a load of like, thoughts and, and you know my ideas and, and what I think he should do and you know, lessons I've learned in the three and a bit years of running Grand Union Finance and my experience with that kind of stuff. By the end of it, I actually went, do you know what? I said, look, I'm just going to put a little, a little thing in front of you. What about if we did this together instead? And it was something slightly different than what he was going on about. And he was like, yes, actually, that sounds like a really good idea. And it, and it ticks all the boxes, but it actually removes some of the negatives. And it did yeah. the same for me. So I was helping, helping, helping. But actually, it could be very Hormozy-esque insofar as, you know, a, a few months down the line, a few years down the line, it could end up being that we work together. Yeah. And that for me is anyone that I'm going to help, I see them as potential business partners. Yeah. If, if I'm, if I'm, you know, there's, there's been a few, actually there's, there's a couple of great examples of some really young sources in Birmingham that I've been chatting to recently. And I've just been just stupid things like, I'll oh, go to this event. It's really, really good. Or do you want to meet for a coffee and have a chat or read this book? It's awesome. And one of them reached out to me today, um, this morning and said, Oh, you know, can I, can I buy you lunch next week? Um, because, I, I've got an idea that I'd like you to be involved with. Yeah. I'm like, this is amazing. Yes, of course. Absolutely. I mean, I did say it's not going to be lunch. It's going to be breakfast because those kind of meetings are before workday calls. Yeah. And, <laughs> and That's how they work. <laughs> but that it's stuff like that. And this is what people forget is that, you know, by getting involved people, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a numbers game as much as anything else. And in business, it is the same as anything. Some people, will just become friends and they're people that they run a business, you run a business, you can chat to each other and you're basically going to be friends. I've got loads of people like that and, and I'm really grateful. Some might pay you one day to help them with their business. You might partner, your two businesses might partner together. 
they yeah. might they might need help one day and actually say you know would you do you want to get involved in my business do you actually buy into the business or one day they might actually say you know i know someone that needs to needs to needs help with their business would you like to buy it you've got all of these things these doors that just keep opening and yeah. it's a it's just a repetitive it's the going to you know you and i um briefly saw each other at um martin and sarah's event which was absolutely amazing by the way the other week um but how many of the other people that are in that room do we see quite frequently and that's yeah. not a bad thing because you can catch up and actually once you get then you don't have these these the small talk rubbish of yeah oh, you know yeah weather's nice well, no, it's just it's just oh yeah oh how have you been since i saw you a couple of weeks ago you mentioned about that project that you were looking at talk to me how's it going you can get yeah. straight into the good stuff and you learn from each other and then you know it's off the back of that that you then you know at, at some of these events i've i've met brokers that i'm like you need to be a grand junior broker one day like 100 yeah. and they and they, they want to do that too so keeping your circles it it's it's more than just the short term you know what can we do together and and giving stuff away for free i just think there's just so many other benefits that you know the like you say these we go keep going back in the same circle but these courses don't teach you that they don't teach that's you what, that. yeah that's what i love about having this type of call like we've never spoke on the phone or never spoke really past you saying hey do you want to come on the course um you yeah. come on the sorry the come on the podcast and then like i said briefly at the at the networking event but having these types of conversations, that's why they just flow so well, because we're in slightly different business businesses, but in the same sector. And, but all of our philosophy is the same. Like I've, I've read the hundred, hundred million dollar leads from Alex Mosey, you know? So, it, and these sort of same things I meet for coffees with people all the time. And a lot of my company has been formed by that. Like a guy that came in my business and helped for a long time. He was like, mate, I really, I met him at a boxing event. You know, we both had the same PT and we, you know, he was very successful. He sold a company and done really well for himself. And he was like, Pester is, I'll take you for coffee. I'll take you for breakfast. How can I come into the business and help? And then he ended up starting with the company for, for, for a few months. And it's the same sort of thing as you're saying there is like, you, I don't see every conversation like this as just, okay, let's have a conversation and then separate. It's like, okay, how can we work together? Because like I said, I've got a few brokers I work with, but I'm like, I'm always getting messages from people saying, hey, look, you know, do you have a broker you can recommend? But until you like speak to someone and see what their benefits are, what their strengths are, and if you're on the same wavelength, you never know where you can pass people uh, yeah. and you never know what's going to come back and help you as well. Like, and I think that's the key really is that these types of conversations, but also I think the biggest thing I've just started learning, which is very, very important. I think as a business owner is learning to say no. Um, I've been listening to a lot of things right now about, you know, when you first start, you have to say yes to everything because you just don't know which avenue you're going to go down. But now with me, I've got so many things that could be great. But if I don't say no to a couple of them and I just focus on maybe one or two, nothing, none of them will be great. So that's what I'm speaking to my mentors about. I'm now I'm like, I've got these nine companies. Where would you put your energy? Where would you put your focus? And I think when you're brand new in anything, like so you have to say yes to yes, yes to yes, yes to yes, yes to yes to this, sorry, because you don't know where the, the, the money's going to be and you don't know where the success is going to be. But like yourself, you and me now, it's like you've got to still be a bit more, okay, cool. So if I go for a coffee with that guy and he asks me to be part of something, is it going to be the win for me and the win for them? Because if not, you might not be able to give your energy to it. And I think that's the biggest thing I'm trying to learn now because I'm so, I'm, I was the guy growing up. It's like I was at all the parties. I was at the holidays. I was the yes guy. I was always the guy you could rely on being at the pub and being there and being with your friends and being whatever. And for me, I sort of had that philosophy coming into the business as well. But now I'm like, okay, your time is valuable. 
you know, yeah. like same thing, like, it, it, you know, these types of calls, like hopefully you get as much value off this call as I do, because if not, there's no point. Do you know what I mean? And that's why you probably pick your people on this podcast rather than they choose to come on your podcast, if that makes sense, because it's oh. got to be value for the customers and value for you. I have, I literally have, I've, I've, I don't hide it at all with the fact that all the people that I've ever had on my podcast, I think I've had two people reach out to me like, please, can I come on your podcast? Everyone else I've approached because they're just genuinely people that I just want to chat to. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's all it is. There's, 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 no, there's nothing more to it than that. There's no marketing strategy. There's no nothing. It's just, no. I get the, you know, we get the opportunity to chat and, and, and that's what it's all about. But bringing it back, so I'm just wary of time a little bit. I'm really keen to, I want to, I, want, I really want to hear about a few of these um deal sourcing challenges that you've been doing number one have you got any any coming up um so because if yeah. there are obviously people that are listening they might be thinking this sounds awesome I, I need to get involved in this so we can definitely hear a little bit about that but um yeah just how how do they work because it sounds it sounds like a, quite a different concept to some of the other stuff i've heard about yeah so yeah i appreciate you asking so We've sort of learned from the first couple we've done. Uh, obviously, the majority of the stuff we do day by day, you don't really learn in the classroom. So the, the way that we really want to teach is you basically just come and shadow us for the week, but do it yourself. So, for example, we invite you to the office in Newcastle um, for three to five days. We're going to reduce it this time to three because some people obviously you know, have got their own businesses, their own jobs and their own family they can't get away from for five days. So we're going to reduce it to three. But day one is basically... It's a chance for me to really understand what, where everyone's at and how I can really help them, but also get taking action, like like booking a bunch of viewings, going through the viewings you booked to make sure you don't waste your time at the, the ones that just aren't going to work, um, how to, to speak to agents on the phone, how to find director let vendor leads, basically how to go and do what you need to do to stack your leads to be able to make some money by the end of the course, really. That's day one. Day two, uh, you know, and day three is then out on the road on the viewings. But we also teach you what to look for on them viewings, like the five or six things you need to make sure you're checking out the refurb costs, which is super important. What to do inside the properties to make sure you can get the most out of that 15 minute viewing, so you don't got to go back. Um, and then obviously that day, that them days you're out on the road and really securing things yourselves with your team. And the last day is actually trying to make them leads and all that hard work you put into place into hard cash. Cause that's the biggest thing. I think a lot of people come out of these courses, you know, with four or 500 people. Yes. They know the, the what to do, but they don't actually ever close anything off and nothing's ever closed. And okay, cool. I'm making money on that one. I'm not making money on that one. So what we do is we sit down and go through, okay, cool. We've secured this one, this one, this one, these ones are potentials for next week or the week after. How do we now make money off them? Things like social media, you know, a lot of people do social media, but they don't do it right. In my eyes, they don't do it in a way that's going to attract customers. I would probably say now 90% of my customers come through social media, whether it's sort of mentees I work with, whether it's people off my deal sourcing challenges, whether it's investors, because the social media we do like just hits the nail on the head rather than just putting up posts because I want to. Yeah. So we teach people how to go away and do that in their areas, but also how to actually sell a deal, like how to package it, how to put it into a pack, how to analyze it, how to advertise it, how to sell it so you can actually make money from it. And also I'm pretty harsh. I'm not going to lie. There's probably on the deal sourcing channels, they viewed 300 properties between 24 of them. They probably brought 30 deals to the table. I threw out 20 because I wouldn't buy them myself. So I was like, I'm not going to sell them. 
And some of them, like the guys looked at me as like, this is going to work. I'm like, no, I'm not selling it. You go and try and sell it. And some of them would come back to me after it and like say, okay, I'm so glad you were tough on me because people just say you what you want to hear a lot of time. And we only, we only sort of advertise 10, but out of them 10, we sold five. And the reason why we had a conversion rate, a huge conversion rate is because I didn't try and advertise volume. And in my, in, excuse my friends, but shit, I wanted to get the best, of the best. And that's why a lot of them sold. And the ones that didn't, a lot of the time, it's just because, for example, a social housing contract didn't get accepted by Mears or, you know, like the deal fell through or so they sold to someone else rather than we didn't have investors to buy them. And I think that's the super key thing with these types of challenges is number one, can you teach them what they need to do? Because everyone teach, tells you the how, but don't tell you the what. So we do that. Number two, can you actually go and do it yourself without me holding your hand? Like you've got to be going out on the view and you've got to go and do it yourself because I ain't going to be there every day. And then finally, are you actually advertising and, and, and broadcasting to the most people you can? And are you just making sure you only keep your name good because you're selling the right stuff rather than just putting everything out there? Yeah. And I think that's really the key on what we do on our deal sourcing challenges and sort of answer to your question at the start is like, are we running another one? Yes. Um, it's in November. We haven't confirmed the dates yet because I like to speak to people first and find out when suits them. I've had people on my Instagram like bugging me for weeks and weeks since the last one, like can I get, can I get the dates? Can I get the dates? So if anyone's interested, I go on the bio, you can register your interest on, on the link in the bio um, and we'll be opening up the doors soon again for the next one. But the same thing as well, I want to keep it to a maximum of 24 people because that allows me and my team to really work with each team rather than open up to 100 people, 200 people, these bigger events. I really don't think you're going to get what you need to out of it if there's too many people there. Yeah, no, absolutely. I think, I mean, I, I love the fact that what you're, you're, you're saying there is it's, it's short and sharp, but it's hands on. It's, you know, you're, you're pushing them to actually do something. And do you know what? It is, it is a... Yeah, I mean, how many courses are there that you go on and they're like, right, off you go now into the wilderness. Um, yeah. Whereas actually you're, you're trying to sort of say to them, well, look, let's not forget what we're, we're doing here. We're not here to make friends, although it's nice. We're not here to just have a, a lovely time. It's all about trying to make some money because there's a reason for that, you know, whatever yeah. that person's reason is. So let's try and see if we can figure out how to, how to do that as soon as we possibly can. You know, and I, the I'm win getting... for us, sorry for jumping in there. The only, yeah. the only win for me is if you become a good sourcer, you can bring me deals to sell. Yeah. So I don't make money from the course, if I'm honest. You know, I make money from if you become good after this course and you go, hey, cool, I've got this deal. Can you advertise and sell it for me? Then when we sell it, that's when we really make money. So exactly. It's, it's, it's a win win. Work. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I think the, and this, this is very, this very, I keep, I keep mentioning these, these people's names, which gives, gives people an insight into what I do with my spare time. But um, so I think it's very much a Grant Cardone thing, which is the, you know, you've got to have your eyes on the prize, which is yeah. you can have a lovely logo for your website. You can have, you know, you can have loads of lovely phone calls with people, but ultimately a business works when it's making money. Yeah. And I'm not saying that from the point of view of greed, you know, I've mentioned already on this call that, you know, money doesn't motivate me as much as it does other people. Um, it's it's what money does that, that motivates me, I think. Um, but I've, I've had to have two conversations in the last couple of weeks with two different business owners, one that we've already agreed to buy into, another one that we're thinking about it. And, you know, we're having these nice Zoom calls and all I keep doing is that's all great. But when, when, at what point can this business start making money? Yeah. And I keep, and I keep, and I, and I, and I mean, one, I was getting a little bit, almost a little bit pushy with it. I'm like, no one's answering my question, guys. You know, we keep veering off on these conversations about contracts and this, that, and the other. When is it ready to make money? When can money come in through the door? Because until you make a sale, it's not a business. And I think what you've just what you've just sort of said, and obviously what you're doing, 
that is that is the most important part of all that. You can teach, you can teach, you can teach, you can teach, but the proof is in the pudding. Is yeah. that business going to make money? Yes, no. And if it doesn't, then then it's, it's not it's not worth the time and effort putting into it. So I think that, that sounds awesome, Lewis. I, you know, I think there's a lot of my clients that probably could really benefit from uh, from coming along to that. So um, for anyone that is interested, I will make sure that um, that a link to you know do the like the pre-register your interest, etc., is in the show notes on this podcast. So anyone that is interested can can do that. But um, but look, Lewis, honestly, mate, I. I, I could carry on for hours chatting with you about this. I'm sure there's a part two in there somewhere um, down the line. But um, yeah, but just to say thanks very much for coming on and sharing some of your insights, some of your knowledge. In, if people do want to get in touch with you, obviously you've mentioned about the YouTube channel, which is new. Make sure there's a link down there for people to go and subscribe to that. Um, but where, where's the best place for people to follow you or even to get in touch with you to, you know, to maybe do some mentorship with you personally? 100%. Yeah. Uh, like I said, likewise, I just want to say thanks very much for inviting me on, Sam. It's like it's been really insightful for me and in learning what you do as well. So I'm sure we're going to speak again, even off the podcast, you know. Um, best way to get hold of me would be Platinum Property Team on Instagram or TikTok. That's probably where we, we showcase the most of the stuff we do. And also Platinum Property Team again on, on YouTube. Um, and like I said, just reach out. We, we love to help. I, I get back to all my DMs personally. I want to try and help people as much as I can. A lot of the time it will be a voice note. I'm not a sit down and text. You'll get probably a, a voice note from myself, but that's probably the best way to find it. And one last thing I want to add as well. The thing that really you said there on the last bit is a book I've read called Ready, Fire, Aim. I can't remember who it's by, but it yeah, talks 100% about great. that. It's like, it doesn't really matter about all the fluffy stuff you have is when are you making pounds in the bank? And that's what I kind of te- try and teach on the course. So that doesn't really matter. You paid a few hundred pounds to come here. It's like, when can you get that few hundred pound back? Because then it's successful. Then, it's, then, then there is a return on your investment. This is what it's all about. Yeah, Definitely. I've read I've read that book, and I can get I can I can uh, agree with that. It's it's a really good. Book. I'd forgotten about that book, but yeah. I've actually got a little thing that I'm doing at the moment, which is that um, I'm just I'm struggling for it. I'm reading Jordan Peterson at the moment, and I'm really struggling for it. But once I'm done for the rest of the year, I'm not going to read any new books. I'm going to yeah. reread some of my favourites, and that was I remember reading that book a few years ago, and it being it being awesome. So maybe I'll get that back on the reread list, but. No, Lewis, honestly, this has been amazing, mate. I really, really appreciate your time because I know you're a, a busy boy. And um, yeah, thanks for thanks for coming on and sharing some of your your wisdom with the uh, with the listeners. No, you're welcome. Thanks, Sam. Really appreciate it. And just one thing I was what I wanted to say, I love the name of the podcast as well. I'd seen this about, but I wasn't sure it was yours. Um, you know, the game of the loans. <laughs> I, I, I clearly need to do, I, out of all my social media stuff, this is the thing that I put the least amount of effort in in the nicest possible way in terms of I don't really push it. Um, it still gets like really good listening numbers. Um, but the name, as soon as, as soon as I came up with this, I was like, yeah, I'm pretty happy with that, to be honest. So I'm gonna yeah. t- I get this a lot. I'm taking all the plaudits. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's great, mate. It's really great. But yeah, thanks very much. Cheers, buddy. Yep, that's it. Thank you so much for sticking around to the end of the episode, guys. If you have enjoyed this episode or any of the other Game of Loans podcast episodes, please, I would ask you a massive favour to leave a five-star review. It massively helps me grow the podcast and reach more people that will hopefully enjoy the episodes as much as you have. Thank you so much in advance for this, and I'll hopefully see you on the next episode.